0: Okay, welcome to today's episode. I've actually invited Eric Saubert, our Director of TPA Operations here at Paylocity to join me for our discussion today. Eric, thanks for jumping on.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Sherry. I'm so excited to be here.
0: I am thrilled to have you here. Uh, This is the first time on the podcast with me. um, And our focus this month of February is we wanna do some content around diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, So let me share a little bit internally about something that we do around our DE&I initiatives. Internally, we have a diversity leadership council that's chaired by our chief diversity officer. Uh, We call this group the DLC, and the DLC is committed to enacting initiatives and policies that promote and celebrate our employees' voices across the organization. Um, Fundamentally, it's kind of rooted in the fact that people matter most and that differences of experience and perspective make us stronger together. Um, and at the end of the day, we are really committed to lead by example, to forge a path forward where dignity, respect, safety, and justice are provided and experienced by all. Um, and so, Eric, I know this is something that you're very passionate about. You're involved in, in this initiative. And I'd love to hear about how you became a member of the DLC. What's your backstory?
1: Oh, great. I would love to tell you. Only if we had four hours so I could really get into it. <laughs> uh, well, re- real quick, I've been with Palocity about six and a half years, and I-, and I love every minute of being part of the team here. And one of the reasons that I, I uh, that I most identify and enjoy about being a leader at Palocity is the fact that so much of the work that we do is about supporting the team members that do the work for us. Um, and, you know, as I was kind of navigating Normal leadership responsibilities. Uh, this past summer, uh, you know, there was a lot going on in the world around us, and in uh, particularly sur- surrounding the murder of, of George Floyd, um, I was in preparation for uh, town halls with my my team and my management. And typically, we do it uh, quarterly, and we'll usually get in front of the team, share some updates on things we're working on and initiatives. And at the time, you know, I was going through some personal things at home. Uh, I, I have a uh, diverse home uh, environment. I have uh, friends and family that are very diverse. And uh, I'm sitting there looking around at the world around us and preparing notes for a conversation around updates at work. And, and I know that I just spent the better part of two years building a very diverse team uh, from the ground up. And uh, something just didn't feel feel right with me um, as I was preparing the, the content. and. Um, that's kind of when I really had the awakening moment of uh, I as a white leader need to to do something here. I'm uh, you know I'm a green eyed, bald white man leading many people, a large diverse team, and I need people to know that I know there's a lot going on. I need people to know that I could see their hurt. And I need them to know that that's actually what's more important right now, um, and that I would say is kind of what ignited the spark in me to go down the path of um, you know diversity, equity, and inclusion, and really focusing kind of my skill sets on building that up in my own team so that I could eventually match that with Paylocity. Because I knew at the time, we were taking big strides here at Paylocity uh, in that space. Um, Again, being a company based on our focus on our employees, I saw the work that was going into it, and I knew it may be some time before we had things rolled out the way we would like them to. So I kind of took it upon myself at that moment And kind of when I had that that, that awakening of, I have to identify and at least step up as a leader right now in the space to let people that know that I work alongside of that this is a big deal for me and that it's... it's a big deal for our team, and as part of team members, we should all be aware of how we're feeling about it. So I, I, I kinda, I took a, a little bit of a courageous step in a sense of, you know, we did have our town halls, but we actually didn't have an agenda. You know, the, the, the whole premises of the town hall was to open up about the fact that I, as a leader here at Paylocity, support our black coworkers and colleagues. Um, I support all of our coworkers and colleagues with diverse backgrounds, but in particular, around that time of year and the pain that I saw on people's faces, uh, it was important for me to make sure that I, I stepped up and led, and led the charge, and, and let everybody know that this was something we needed to take stock of and talk about here at work because it was impacting our, our, our family, our, our coworkers. You know, we worked and spent a lot of time with each other, and it was important for me to lean in there. So, just from doing that, you know, I gained a lot of momentum with the team, um, a lot of momentum with other folks in the organization, and I just kind of continued down that path of having those conversations and keeping the conversation going, um, and then naturally that kind of led into when there were some opportunities to join the DLC. Um, you know, I reached out and expressed my interest. And I think between my interest to, to continue the conversation, it's also to continue my own development. Um, and some of the work that I had already done, it really just made it for a natural fit for me to to move into a leadership role within the, the DLC um, group. So I'm really happy to be on that team and looking forward to a lot of the great work that we're going to do here to come.
0: Yeah, I, I'm excited at um, just all the different things I, I see come out of that group. Um, we recently talked about a new program around education that, that I'm really excited that will be rolled out soon for, for our employees. Um, as you think about you know, where your head was at in that moment with that scenario, how have you pulled that forward to continue to talk about why race and ethnicity is important in the context of work?
1: Yeah, so I've continued to have dialogues, and, and, and in that particular scenario, the conversation that I was having kind of uh, evolved in a couple different ways, and I'm sure to evolve even more. Um, but I think the, the the underlining theme there was that it's important to continue the conversation about race at work because it doesn't go away. You know, like we we don't just get to hang up who we are when we show up to the Zoom call each morning. Um, it's who we are in and out, and it's important for others to know that. Because because of our diversity, because of who we are when we show up and who our coworkers are when they show up, they're living very different lives, unfortunately. Their experiences are wildly different than, than maybe mine have been um, and then yours have been, Sherry, right? So part of really getting to build good synergy as a team and really create an environment of trust, which I think all good, productive teamwork happens off of is trust, is, is – opening up the door to the conversation around race and, and getting people comfortable with the fact that it's okay to be different. We should embrace it. And we should have absolutely create an environment where that's not an obstacle for us to proceed and move forward. Um, and, and every conversation that I've had since, especially kind of around the specific dialogue of Black Lives Matter um, or any other topics we've talked about in kind of a safe environment that, that me and the team have created, it's always about coming together as a team so we could operate better as a team because we're all here for one reason, at Paylocity, and that's obviously to serve our company and our clients and work with each other and be successful, but it also, you know, there's a lot that we take home, and there's a lot that we bring back with us, and the more we can knock down the walls and keep the the conversation around race in the forefront and acknowledge that it's there, Um, you know, for so long, it was taboo to acknowledge race in the workplace, right, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but it's just not the place where we're at, and that's good, you know, so I I try to keep that theme going of, you know, let's embrace this diversity, let's acknowledge it. It's there and and that support each other so that we could be the best team possible.
0: I like that you mentioned um, being on Zoom calls. So I, I didn't realize how much I would enjoy being able to see into my colleagues' homes um, and their environments and how they set up their offices, but it's bringing forth their unique dimensions that I might have not been exposed to or be able to ask about or learn more about them. So I'm, I'm curious, as you, know, as you talked about that and you talked about being on a team, um, let's say that you didn't have that conversation around Black Lives Matter months ago and you're listening to this podcast and, and you're, you're passionate about it and you just don't know where to start. Where do you start now? How do you start to have those conversations around race, race and ethnicity
1: yeah, I think the, the the place to start is within, right? I, I would say it's the, the typical like looking at the person in the mirror scenario. Like, what what is the intention of wanting to start the dialogue, and and what do you want to kind of get out of it? You know, for me, when when I started it, whether it was now or even in here, I would I would say that you have to know what your intentions are, and then are they pure? And you know, is, is it go? Are you setting out on a journey for the right reasons? Um, and I would like to think that most people are. And then the second piece of that is just there's no book there's there's no like, there's there's no manuscript for this. There's nothing yet, right? So you you have to trust your instinct and your gut, and you have to take some 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 courageous steps. That, that no conversation about race is going to be done without somebody having some courage to kind of have that conversation and bridge the gap. And I guess this is the way I've uh, thought about it. And, I, and I, I do come from a very diverse background. I grew up in the inner city of Chicago, so I, I grew up with a lot of diversity. But even then, I think for for me, it was a matter of like. I was kind of on this, I call it like allyship autopilot where like I just lived my life knowing that I had very diverse people around me and I was good. And and I, that just meant that I could sleep well at night because I know I'm a good person, but we're at a new level, right? So I like now this is like waking up and, and getting out of that autopilot of allyship and understanding, you know, a little bit more about what the dialogue should be and understanding that The other folks on the other side of that conversation our race, typically if they're not white or green-eyed or male like me, they're probably going to have just as a hard time being courageous to talk about it as well. So somebody's got to take that leap of acknowledging, like, for whatever the purpose is, I feel the need to address this topic and I want to talk to you about it. And it all has to be rooted in good intentions and and trust, right? Because – it's a difficult conversation that nobody's really, really comfortable having. And I think that it's important that we continue to have the conversation so we could get, we could normalize talking about race in a healthy manner. Um, so I would say I would just, just to take it back really quick is, is essentially intentions, make sure your intentions are pure and you know why you want to talk about it and how you want to approach the conversation, but then also know that there's no perfect answer. It's really about having courage and being vulnerable. And that's actually, you know, looking back now that I have that moment in history for myself, that's exactly how I approached it in heated up with the team was I I don't have the answers. And in fact, I'm probably gonna say something that may not be great, but I'm gonna learn from it. And if we could go into this journey together, I wanna foster this environment because it's important. And I think any leader that has good intentions and approaches it in that manner, it would be really hard pressed for for people not to wanna to go on that journey with them and and have conversations with them about race. Um, The one caveat that I would add in there though, just from talking to colleagues of mine, Uh, that are, that are of different ethnicities for sure is it's, there's a fine line between, you know, wanting to talk about race, wanting to learn, want to contribute, want to, to continue the dialogue and then also this notion of expecting others to be the educator of you on all things race so i would add in, in in addition to having the discussion it takes a little bit of homework right like there's a lot of there's terms now that didn't apply five years ago that are making it way easier to have conversations around around racism anti-racism and you know um macroaggressions microaggressions and there, there's terminology now that we didn't have or maybe not everybody had broadly, that I think that it would behoove anybody that wants to really engage in conversations around race at the workplaces to really, you know, go through some sort of training if your workplace doesn't already have some sort of training around uh, unconscious biases or or those types of uh, topics. There's plenty that you could do on your own to to educate yourself briefly, even on internet with different um, universities have white papers out there and things like that. And again, it doesn't make you an expert, but it at least helps you understand some of the not to do's, right? Because you you don't want to, go into a conversation around race and have anybody feel like it's their job to help you close your, 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 your learning gap or your learning curve on the topic. So that's, a, that's an important awareness to at least have.
0: Yeah. We talked about that when, um, I talked to Dee about our allyship when we did our allyship episode. Um, and you know, one of the tactics that I've used is kind of going in the, to the conversation and, and doing exactly what you did, just like, Hey, I, I might not be approaching this right, but I'm, I want you to know that I'm going to be vulnerable, meaning that I want you to correct me. Like I, I want to learn. Um, but it's so important to do your research, like you said. Like, um, you know, we have Google now. It's like it's not like you have to go to the library and read a book and get on. Like, you can spend fifteen minutes, twenty minutes educating yourself on on the topic. Um, as you think about some of these discussions you've had, how have you seen this come to life? um, holistically in the, in, in the organization, not just at Paylocity, but as you think about, you know, what are areas that you've seen discussions come up around race that, um, maybe those listening wouldn't expect to see them come up in that context?
1: Well, two, two ways I could think about the question. I guess the, the, the one answer that I initially think of is, is we should always expect race to come up. You know, I think that it—it's always been there. I think we've always, as especially in corporate environment type uh, workplaces, um, it's always been one of those things where, you know, through years and years of training and development and people going through different roles, you always feel uncomfortable addressing race in the workplace. But I, when I think about where can it possibly come up and, and maybe unexpected, I think we're at a place right now um, as leaders. And rightfully so, and there's no turning back, that we should all be ready to be able to have a conversation around race at the workplace. And it's up to us to empower ourselves and enable ourselves to do that. So going back to the prior point, our employers can provide training and things of that nature for sure, but we're also in that digital age and everything's at our fingertips. So there shouldn't be any real unexpected places where the conversation could occur, and we should always be prepared to embrace the conversation um, and continue the dialogue around race um, wherever it does occur. But then i when, it, when i take it back to a previous conversation that we've had you know i think of scenarios where even within a subset of a conversation maybe about race or about uh you know gender equality or gender equity and, and things of that nature race could show up there you know because it, it, even if you're if you are talking about one topic of uh an non- underrepresented minority or another diverse population um and, and maybe it has nothing to do with race at the time but within that subset of people there's probably different races showing up there. Um, And the needs of of that that particular group's uh, makeup and and desires out of the program may be a bit different than what the program was originally set up for. Um, So that that could be one of those scenarios. I have one quick anecdote that is race kind of within race, right? So um, as I was on the journey of kind of creating a safe place, my kind of dialogue that I was hosting and having went from, it, it was originally my town halls then I had a invite only to black coworkers and colleagues that worked directly for me or were connected to my organization in some shape or form. We talked, created a really safe environment there. Uh, at least that's what I, I was told. Um, and then it evolved from there to ev- inviting more allies. And then, so as we would have feedback sessions on and on, was this productive, should we continue the conversation? Even within black coworkers, they felt different ways about how the topic of race should be handled based on their experiences in life and what they wanted out of the dialogue. So I, I think that it, it it's obviously a subject that we're, we're no longer at a place where we could act like it's not a topic. And we should expect it to pop up in any scenario and be ready to engage in that topic productively. Um, but also be aware that even if you set out on specific programs or different objectives for one other set of the population, and it's not about race, Anybody that's of a different race is going to be in that program is going to maybe look around and say, "Hey, there's I don't I don't see representation of who I am here." And 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 you should be prepared to understand the impacts of that or or, or not uh, addressing
0: it. Yeah, I think a lot about about this when um, when working on programs, right? Having that mindset as an HR person to say, "Okay, am I creating barriers of entry for my population that is going to exclude a group that I don't want to exclude?" You know, am I putting things in place? Like, let's say you roll out a, a program where the, the minimum is an associate's degree. Um, but when you actually look at your population and see who has that marker, you realize that you excluded a whole group. And so then you, you kind of have to go through this question of like, what's required in a program? What's the benefit? You know, I think you had shared an example with me earlier about um, a promotion opportunity that you had, if you want to share that a little bit.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so, as I alluded to earlier, I've been building a team out um, for probably the better part of two years now. Um, we're doing it in our Florida location, and we've we've built a really diverse team across the board at uh, uh, my organization. We're really proud of it. Um, and we recently posted for two team lead positions, and based on the normal parameters of requirements of time and role, um, it would have it would have excluded a good chunk of new employees, and it was the vast chunk of employees that have diverse backgrounds with from ethnicity from sexuality to whatever it may be. And, you know, I kind of looked at that and I was like, you know, I I have to make some modification here because while they may not have been in the company for that, in the the role for that particular amount of time, many of them were in this industry for that amount of time. And at the end of the day, I have to show some flexibility here because I don't want to miss the opportunity to see if there's a candidate within that group of people that could lend something different to the team from a leadership perspective. Um, And it's those types of things where, policies are policies and, you know, but you also have to understand where flexibility makes a lot of sense and determine if that's what you should be doing. And in that case, we did, you know, we did do that. We reduced what the, what I would, you know, what the barrier entry could have been um, or the time and role. And we reduced it to what was more reasonable, which would have caught way more candidates into the net of people that are already on my team that have uh, a, a number of differences between ethnicity, religion, and uh, sexuality. So um, it was a great example of how we created some flexibility there and, and, and opened up the opportunity to more people.
0: Before we wrap up, I want to ask you some pretty tactical questions. Um, as I think about, you know, how does this come up to life in different areas? So the first one is, um, what if you are working with somebody on your team who's got this diverse background, you're going through a performance discussion, it's not going well, and they bring up race as a dimension for something related to their performance? What advice or tips do you have for Um, through talking through that in a a transparent way where, um, you know, like we said at the beginning, we're at the root of it. We really just care about people.
1: Yeah, it's it's a great question. And and I'm sure anybody that's listening has probably come across something close to it at some point or another in their career. And, you know, for me, the important thing there is going back to the theme of it doesn't just go away, right? Like, so even if we ignore that person's thoughts around race or said, hey, that doesn't pertain to this topic, that does nothing to help, the dialogue that does nothing help the employee. And 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 I know that's not who we are as leaders at Paylocity. I would like to believe many leaders are not that way, right? So I think the way the best way to handle that would be is to acknowledge that they, they want to talk about it and just, you know, acknowledge that, okay, we'll put this discussion aside for a moment. We'll pick back up the performance review, you know, in a few minutes, but I want to stop for a minute to understand your perspective on, on why you brought your race up and why you think that might be impacting your performance or impacting your success here. Um, And, and obviously, with care and passion, listen to them and, and understand their feedback because it's not for anybody to assume that they know what somebody else's perspective on or what their experience has been. So um, I think it's critical to stop in the moment, understand their concerns, You know, document them, make sure you have notes on them Depending on who's in the conversation, um, you know, you're probably going to want to refer back to the fact that you probably want to bring in an HR business partner or an HR professional from your organization or whoever holds that role within your organization and just acknowledge that, you know, I have the notes. It's going to be important for us to follow back up with you outside of this conversation to make sure we fully understand, you know, other concerns you might have, maybe go a little deeper in understanding, you know, how they might have occurred and then really put some attention into resolving those issues to get that employee to a place where they no longer feel feel like race is an issue for them at the workplace. Um, So as you acknowledge it and you kind of take the notes and understand what their feelings are, um, it doesn't change the rest of the conversation that has to be had around the performance that got you there the day. So I think you really just have to acknowledge when it's time to switch back over, right? So you don't sweep it under the carpet. You don't rush them through the dialogue. You definitely capture their feedback uh, in a meaningful way and acknowledge that you're going to follow up and commit to a follow-up. Um, and then you could switch back to the conversation once they feel like they've addressed everything that they needed to or made everything aware to you that they wanted to. And then you could finish the conversation that brought you there for the day. Um, and, you know, may- maybe something changes out of it after the fact, but at the end of the day, you could finish the dialogue around the performance. Um, and then I would commit to, you know, setting an appointment up, you know, uh, an invite up or something probably at the end of that time with that employee, myself or any, whoever the leader is in that scenario and an HR business partner to make sure that we address their concerns concerns. concerns
0: head on. I appreciate you highlighting, um, two, two things, honestly, is the, the time to kind of set aside what you were talking about and, and listen, right. Turn to the employee and listen and say, tell me more about that. You know, what is your experience like? Why do you think that? Um, and also not avoiding coming back to the performance discussion. Um, I think sometimes we get stuck in like, Oh no, now we have to go down this road. Um, you can do both. And and creating that follow-up is really important, like you said. Um, okay, for our last question, I've been thinking a lot about um, safe spaces, right? You know, you've talked about, you know, creating an opportunity for people to be able to speak and to be heard. As you think about um, safe spaces, you know, I think something that I've heard or, or can be concerned about is like, just having a safe space and not actually addressing anything. How do you see those things as different initiatives or different approaches?
1: They're kind of different in the same, and, and and you know I'm still trying to get better at creating a safe space myself. But just from the reading that I've done and the conversations I've had with people that I've invited to those types of dialogues, the the way I think about it, and I think a, a, a approach that could work is, it's really about what the intentions are at the start of the conversation, right? So I've had conversations with some employees where it was a safe place, and they were talking about things, you know, that were going on in the world. They even some of those po- political, and they 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 were just letting things off their chest that they felt needed to be said to people that had like minds and wanted to hear it and, and, and share that space with them. When we had that conversation, there was no goal that at the end of that, that anybody was going to have a list of actionable items that we were going to go resolve. That was truly a, a space for individuals to share their thoughts and emotions. I think that if it's about achieving a result, the group that's involved in the conversation should set those ex- ex- those parameters and expectations up front of, you know, this is not just a place where we're going to come today to talk about how we're feeling or what we may be feeling. We're also going to talk about things that here at work might need to be changed. We're going to talk about something that we want to do as a, as a group that's in the community. And so it's just a little bit of tweak in the communication when the dialogue starts. is Is just whoever is the host of that is just getting a good understanding of what the outcome of the conversation should be and follow the lead of the the, the participants. And at the end of the day, if it's really meant to be more tactical and we want to come out of this with some objectives, we want to come out of this with some resolution, um, then you just you set that expectation so that while we may talk about things in a safe way where nobody's going to be held, you know, there's no repercussions for talking openly about race, but we want to get things on the table that we want to actually program against, then that just has to be an expectation that's set. Because again, I've been in both conversations and they do feel really different. One feels a little bit more raw and emotional and just kind of in response to things that may be going on. And the other one could equally feel you know just as emotional or raw, but at the end of the day it's focused on 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 something at the end coming out of the program. So it's just really a, a check at the beginning on what the objective is. I think at the end of the day though, even in the one that's just a true safe space, I think there's something there to be learned. While there may not be a list of 10 things to take away. Um, if it's it's there, it's it's understanding as a leader that there's a need for this type of environment, understanding as a leader that we have to foster more scenarios here. So there's always a takeaway. It's just a matter of that the group set out on a journey to create a list of 10 things to take away, or as a leader uh, of others and as peers, are we learning from each other that we have to continue to foster this? So there's always a takeaway, I guess is the way I wrap that up.
0: Eric, what great advice for those listening. Um, I'm excited to have talked to you and learn a bit about your journey and, um, frankly, can't wait to see what the DLC has to offer in the future as we continue to bring this topic to the forefront. So I appreciate you jumping on with me today.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me and allowing me to share some of my story and, uh, I appreciate everything.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Palocity a leading HCM provider that frees you from the tasks of today so you can focus more on the promise of tomorrow. If you'd like to submit a topic or appear as a guest on a future episode, email us at pctytalks at paylocity.com.